0: Ladies and gentlemen, Mousinho's and Mourinho's, welcome to Worldy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 21 of the Worldie Podcast, your Football League podcast, the one and only podcast where we bring together the wildly different worlds of Oxford United and Reading Football Club. And with me today, as always, is Andrew Ignatius Roberts. Alright. All right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> See, I'm much more, I'm much more excited. I'm I'm garrulous after after Reading's first home league win of the season.
1: I, I am NOT that. <laughs> I'm pretty fed up actually
0: Well we will get to that in due time So since we've last been on the pod Many things have happened About a thousand games have probably happened Because it's the Football League um, and I thought what we would do would We would start by just looking through those leagues And what's going on And what's been happening today Because we are fresh from the fixtures
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I've hot-footed basically straight you over from, from the Kassam Stadium <laughs> and, I, and I put some emphasis on that And you'll find out why later Because okay. I've got some fucking rants
0: Right, good, good, good Well, before we get into the rants Let's start with some bants Okay, I all League, like it League. With a Z on the end <laughs> with,
1: with a Z Thanks With
0: several Zs uh, League 2 Yep. What is the sitch?
1: Well, um, I, I sort of vaguely keeping half an eye on it. Swindon won <laughs> yeah. again, didn't they? Three nil away from from Yeovil yeah. in their kind of like carrot cruncher derby down there <laughs> in, the, uh, in the in the West Country.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once again, Swindon coming up with a result with lots of goals.
1: No red cards, though. No I, red I cards. I mean, they, that is quite they've surprising. They've settled down, actually, a little bit, which is disappointing. It is very disappointing. It was literally their only redeeming feature was that they were at least like involved in hilarious games of football. Now they're just showing you know <laughs> frustrating levels of competence, which <laughs> yes. is what... No, nobody wants that from a Swindon town side, right? That's
0: right. There's still the chance for some kind of cup madness, though, from That's Swindon, yeah. so we'll see about that. Um, in the league table, it, it's clear that Lincoln are now sort of running away with it. Twenty-two points from the nine games. Very strong. Should we give just give it to him now? Let's give it to him. Fuck Let's it. it to we're him we're nine games in. What's that? That's that's one fifth or yeah. something. A little bit a little bit less.
1: I, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to, to put a thousand? No, I'm not going to do it. I don't have a thousand pounds. to put on yeah. silly bets, but yeah, they're they're going to win. They're the going to win. It. They okay. are going to win the league. <laughs>
0: you heard it here
1: first. If you're a Lincoln City fan, you know, rejoice, rejoice, <laughs> and, uh, and and give us a call. Um, there's no such thing as the commentators' curse, and, and and
0: it's fine. Uh, Exeter City, after a sort of indifferent start, have now got three wins on the bounce. So their managerial change, not causing them too much trouble yeah and they won again today
1: didn't they They Um, who were they who was that against I can't remember off the top of my head Um,
0: Exeter City were at home against Cheltenham
1: okay yeah Cheltenham a 3-1
0: comfortable 3-1 victory
1: yeah always nice to see Cheltenham lose as well so that's good news (laughs)
0: absolutely and also great to see MK Don's floating down the table to where they belong
1: yeah they had a bit of a, a good, a frustratingly good start didn't they as well so yes, that's exactly, so, so nice yeah. to see absolute them absolute scumbags yeah right <laughs> <laughs> although actually how, how we, we can't talk too badly about no. them because there's there's an outside chance that we... No, we'll come into that a little bit later on. We'll oh, that God. On.
0: That scares me a bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to that. Um, uh, yes, and uh, Forest Green Rovers, they're, they're still they're doing all right. They're up there. They're sort yeah. of drawing a lot of games. Speaking of
1: carrot crunchers. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of
0: them in that league, isn't there? There are a
1: little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they're literally carrot crunchers as well, because they? they're a vegan football club. Very so, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, still want to
0: go down there and try some of that Forest Green Rovers vegan food. We could give it a whirl, couldn't we? We um, could. find some kind of weird. Hey, should, she- we, should, should we should we should we go to a Swindon game and go and sit in the Forest Green homestand? Could do that actually. Is, is that right exciting? That, yeah. or we'll, put, we'll put Matt Angel in the. Uh-
1: in with, weirdos. In with yeah. weirdos, yeah, right at home. Um, but no, I, I, it would, um, yeah, it would be, yeah, be all right. I mean, it'd have to be on a game, you know, on a day when there's no other football happening. Ob- obviously, but, yeah. Uh, there, there aren't any of those in the football league. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Yeah, we, we should give it a go. Yeah, the first not? time I went to Forest Green Rovers was in the Satanta Shield. oh it's a, a big one. A tournament that was invented by Satanta TV when we were all down in the conference. Before they went bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's rubbish. <laughs> Fucking rubbish. Was
0: <laughs> it? What a surprise. What else is rubbish down in League Two is poor old Macclesfield. Macclesfield yeah. Town languishing at the bottom of the football league uh, with two points from nine games.
1: Yeah, they make me feel a little bit better about what's going on at Oxygen. Yeah, ITT, there's baby, always
0: somebody worse, as you once said to me. And right now... Macclesfield are worse than everyone. Yeah,
1: so it, that applies to everybody apart from Macclesfield yeah, fans. Those poor, poor Macclesfield bastards. fans. Knotts County down
0: there as well was, with only three points. I mean, it's tough times.
1: Yeah, and actually, there's, there's quite there's quite a lot of and you know I hate this phrase but big teams. Imagine Knotts County
0: getting knocked out of the football league. Yeah. One of the originators of the, of the football yeah, league. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, and because because Grimsby are back down there as well, aren't they? And Grim, yeah, I mean, they've they've been up they've been out of the football league and back in. Um, Northampton are hovering around there as well. I mean, they're a small football team yeah, anyway, yeah. with you know, consequential <laughs> football team for. Um, but you know, come they on, come on uh, now. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so that's that's yeah. So there's some some you know, some relatively big old sides yeah, out there. Tranmere
0: crawling the way back up after being, yeah,
1: done. which is nice,
0: which is nice to see into League One. Yeah, this is where things are not happening quite the way you might like. Uh let's start, shall we, at the bottom of the table this uh, time. So
1: thank heavens for Plymouth. <laughs>
0: thank heavens for Plymouth, <laughs> who have now lost
1: four out of their last five. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what it, Oxford's record. We've drawn two in our last five, but we've... We've lost four of our last five home games, mm. um, which is not great. But yeah, Plymouth, Plymouth, at least making us look vaguely losing you know, human. away
0: at Charlton two one today. Yeah, Oxford, Oxford have lost two of their last five.
1: Yeah, and we've um, and which we've drawn two. Oh, and we've drawn two as well in that in yes. that time. But yeah, we yeah. have lost two home games in that, and that's that's Coventry and today. Right,
0: which so. we will get onto. to. Yeah, yeah, D- yeah. Down there with you though, with the worst form I believe, or joint worst form in the whole football league. League is Bradford City with
1: five losses on the bounce. I think matched only by Grimsby. Yeah, it, it, I think Bradford changed their manager, didn't they? I think I, I think that's right. I think they changed their manager really quickly because they had a chap called Michael Collins, um, former Oxford player actually, as their manager. Um, and they sacked him very quickly and that and their sacking has made absolutely fuck all difference. <laughs> as so, it so
0: often he- the way. This is why I always get very concerned when, you know, when you know, the hammer comes out for the manager, and you're like, well, what is the what is the other option? Because yeah. we could just be walking into another load of old nonsense.
1: Well, and this is the thing, you know? Stuart McCall, and do you know what? I, I actually can't remember why Stuart McCall... Of course, McCall, it's ex-Palace Dave Hopkins, we were talking about him the other week. Who's right, that's over, right, yeah. Because yeah. I can't remember why Stuart McCall left Bradford. He, he, I can't remember if he... I think he might have been sacked, even though he's done really well for them over the years. Um, I think he was sacked, and then he was replaced, um, I don't know if immediately, but... Michael Collins then came in um, and then had a couple of games and was immediately sacked so you know sacking managers and again another theme that might be coming up later sacking managers isn't always necessarily a good thing (laughs) no exactly exactly you might well it always appears if you want some
0: change that's the problem you want to yes. see perceived change and that's why sometimes that madness happens so
1: um yes yeah, well, it's, so, the, it's the only thing that you can do at any point of the season that feels like significant change yes, right because you make changing personnel you can only do it certain set times so
0: blame the Premier League right Um, yeah so everything everything down in the bottom of League One not looking so great there's a lot of very poor form down there you should be thankful that at least Oxford have shown something because most of the teams in the bottom six are showing very little at all uh, AFC Wimbledon, who who started reasonably brightly, have now lost four of the last five. Also, so yeah, although tough we, times. Although
1: I think we've got them next week. Okay, uh, I think we've got them a... away at next week. So that that'll be them stopping their their bad <laughs> run. That's what happens. <laughs> we we call ourselves the record breakers when when a side's got a shit record running. Ox have come along and free points. Our, exactly. Who wants
0: the free points? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I hate it when it feels like that. It does feel like that sometimes, doesn't it? Let's go to the top of League One, where Peterborough are absolutely Smashing bunch it. of bastards. Yeah, are we giving it to Peter? no, no, let's not. not no, give no, it to no, Peter no, 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 no,
1: it, no. It, uh, Steve Evans has got it in his locker to <laughs> yeah, to, to have some kind of fucking meltdown yeah. and or you know go to prison or something. <laughs> we can only hope. And you've got Charlton flying up the
0: table now. So uh, four on the bounce for Charlton.
1: Yeah, in Charl- I mean, it's weird, weird at Charlton because obviously they've got major issues with their ownership and stuff like yeah. that. And one of the part. In, actually, this is not on record, but this is basically one of my, my feelings. It's one of the reasons Carl Robinson left Charlton to come to Oxford was because of the uncertainty around the ownership and things yeah, like that. sure. So, um, so not working to, working out so well for him. <laughs> yeah. Although interestingly, him leaving Charlton appears to have been working out
0: quite well for Charlton. Yeah. Well, we shall see, won't we? I mean, uh, the, the teams at the top now—it's pretty much as we predicted. It's shaking out with those larger teams at the top of the table: Portsmouth, Sunderland, Charlton, um, and Blackpool as well, making a nice little
1: run. Although a lot of draws in the middle of that in the middle of that bunch. We were, we were talking actually during the game today, and we were thinking. Is it? because we've lost to a lot of teams who don't look very good yeah. and and we were discussing maybe it's just a shit year this year in League 1 maybe it's just a bad division and maybe that's one of the reasons why yeah. Peter were fucking blasting off at the top because well, so they're, get... they're a half decent team and everybody else is shit well it's
0: picking up three points isn't it that's the thing because there's a lot of teams that seem quite happy to go away from home and grab a draw mm-hmm. and that creates like a whole bunch of teams that are just going around drawing with each other and filling the bulk of that, of the, of that middle but for those guys at the top who are picking draw, uh, picking wins, they've got to beat someone.
1: Yeah, which is the rest of us. <laughs> which is the rest of us. Uh,
0: and into the Premier League, where Leeds today were beaten. The Championship. They, they, they were, sorry, the Championship. What did I say? Used to the Premier League. Did I? Yeah. Fucking, you're getting ahead of yourself, what's, mate. What's the Premier League? <laughs> Don't know. I've <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> league, league, yeah. The, I'll talk about the old League One, yes. shall we? There we go. So into the Championship, and Leeds did lose. Leeds have lost. They started uh, flying away with many wins. They've had a couple of draws of late, and then today uh, they did indeed lose uh, at home, no less to Birmingham City.
1: Yeah, and that's um, that's Pep Clotet. So former Oxford United manager, who's, back, who's now assistant manager at Birmingham, was assistant manager. Uh, to Gary Monk at Leeds, uh, yes. and has now returned to Leeds and got three points. So that's there a big day. Very for him. nice. So him getting, for him. The, him getting him getting a sack from Oxford. is, <laughs> is dead. So that's all of this seems to have worked out really well for everybody apart from Oxford. Everybody
0: associated, but yeah. not actually there. Yeah. Jay Adams getting a brace uh, for Birmingham City, which is a fantastic away result. And they've well. had a bit of a shit start as well, haven't they? Birmingham. Yeah. I think so. That's a that's a good result. What about our friends Rotherham? <laughs> Lost again today, sadly. Um, they were away at Forest.
1: I mean, I think that's just, and we've, we've, we've spoken about this before. I mean, there's nothing else, it's just demonstrating what a big step up yeah. that is. I mean, yeah. it is a big, big step up. And you need to be ready for the championship, and it's you. You need you need fucking money, is what yes. you need. Yeah, yeah. And I think it,
0: they're going to have to hope that they can pull off some home results yeah. just to, just to keep their heads above water, you know. Because otherwise, it's going to be very easy for them to drift down, especially if teams at the bottom start picking up some points.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing you always get with the championship, though, you always get a couple of teams who get dragged into the into the mire, kind of halfway yeah. through the season. So
0: it's very hard to say at this point. I mean, look at QPR had a terrible start, and now QPR flying yeah yeah
1: I mean this is one of the things because the the season feels like it's been underway for a really long time it's still really fucking early days in the moment um and in people's we're still in that phase where if you're having a good start or a bad start it is just a good start or a bad start in either way round, it could just be a run of form that goes True. horribly wrong so
0: what about a little word for uh, frank lampard's derby county
1: <clears throat> yeah what is the deal with them well they've
0: they've picked up a few results of late like three wins in the last five one loss um, and they're starting to look a little bit more like a team that, that can play some football and they've they, you know they've worked
1: their way up the table in six so he he's uh, come a cropper of the of the the new yellow and red card system yeah that's he, right the, yeah which which and what was his offence I didn't actually see it I don't know being a knob probably, probably. being a shit Steven Gerrard told every ground basically like <laughs> yeah effect, effectively ruining the England midfield <laughs> for a good seven <laughs> years just by his very existence he is the to blame he is <laughs> to blame um mm-hmm. but he um but there's this yeah this, this this new thing of, of managers getting yellows and red cards and stuff like I and i don't know this might just be anecdotal it might just be it might just be um like confirmation bias i don't know but there appear to have been a fuck ton more managers being sent yeah. to the stands now partly that is as i say anecdotal because like pretty much every single Oxygenites game, <laughs> our manager or our trainer or our assistant manager gets sent to the stand. But that might just be because there are a bunch of gobby morons at the moment, I don't know. Yeah, that's
0: possible. In my head, it's it's always Diego Simeone. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just him up there in the stand prowling around like an angry panther.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to look at some stats to see whether or not, because they've now got the ability to yellow and red card the managers, Yeah, uh, it's actually happening more. And, and, and sure well, what... they may even have be been given a directive to do it more. Don't know. Yeah, I'm not Dunno, sure but... what the actual offences
0: are. There was one uh, one game earlier in the season where uh, nothing was happening in the game and Paul Clement just popped out of his box to to pass a ball back to a player. And he must have stepped like, you know, five, six yards out of the box onto the pitch. Yeah. Right? But the ball was dead at the time. fourth official was not happy. Really? He was not happy at all. He took him aside... Gave him the full talking to. It was like being told off at school. It was amazing. I love that. Yeah, but I was I was thinking he might get sent off, but maybe you have to be slightly more aggressive than that to yeah, get the, old, I don't know. the well, old yellow or red card.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the rulings are on on, on the specifics of, of, of behaviour. Yes. Um, uh, I, think, I think
0: the reason I got confused with the Championship of the Premier League is that earlier I was watching Fulham versus Watford, and I was pretty convinced that was a Championship <laughs> game until I remembered no... Uh, both those teams from the Premier League. They did appear to have much better players than everybody in the Championship. Well, yeah. Stands to reason. <clears throat>
1: it's one of these things, you know, I, I kind of kick myself and hate myself for it. Because whenever I, because it was on the radio on the way into the game this morning, um, or this afternoon rather. And I was listening to it going, oh, this is boring. What do, I don't want to hear about Fulham and Watford. And they're thinking, no, I'm one of those twats who <laughs> oh, I only really want to listen to Manchester United because I've heard of them. Like, you know, that's – I mean, I know Fulham have been in the, the Premier League many times. Yeah. Um um, but Watford have what a total of maybe three or four yeah. seasons since you know They're since a fun since, team to watch. since football began in 1992. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. That yeah. they've actually been in the Premier League. So you know it's it's, it's a big deal for Watford fans. And Absolutely. and do you know what we we saw Watford uh, in the Caribbean. We Cup did, and they, and they had an
0: 18-year-old team. youngster who scored an absolute wonder goal.
1: And and. Fucking forward. I mean, I know it's not massively far to go from Watford to Reading, massive credit to them, because there was an absolute stack load yes, of Watford fans in that yeah. game, there really was.
0: Right, well, shall we get on to the two most important results <coughs> of the day? Mm-hmm. So that was Oxford United at home to Walsall.
1: Yeah, so there's there's quite a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, shall I'm, we shall we have a little break, Andy? Let's have a little break. I don't I want you d- I,
0: d- I think you need to prepare yourself for little I do, I'm gonna get
1: myself in the zone. I wanna charge myself up <laughs> All for right. a bit of a rant. We'll so. have a
0: little cheeky break and then we'll be back for Oxford versus Walsall. Hello, Is Pep here? If you get the chance, listen to Worldy Pod. They're great guys. Great guys. It's going to be exciting times when when that pep comes to the Kassam. On, on Tuesday night? Oh, I'll be
1: honest with you. I don't is think. it Tuesday? Tuesday night, Blood yeah. the that's come around quickly. Yeah, I don't give a shit, though. I <laughs> really don't. It's going to be a pain in the ass, is what it's going to be. Hey, come it's, on. No, it's, it's going to be it's going to sell out. So it's going to... And everyone's going to come in their cars, because they've never been before, and they don't understand what's going on. And it'll be full of tourists. And there's going to be fucking half-and-half half scarves. And there's going to... Oh, oh look, God, there's going to be...
0: miserable bastard. Just try and enjoy it. No. Come on! Uh, no, I wouldn't. that be fair. It'll, it'll be fun to see. It'll something. be fun to have a big crowd, surely.
1: We get big fucking crowds. <laughs> Piss off! Um, I mean, I mean, like, I, I understand why people come out for games like that. And actually, like, I, I think I calculated, and you're actually only looking at like three thousand extra home fans for that okay. game. So, I mean, it's compared to what we normally get. Yeah, okay. um, so it's, it's not like we're having, you know, it's not like when we go to Wembley, and we take thirty-three thousand sure, people. Yeah. Um, so, um, and, and the vast majority of those you know, extra 3,000 are people that, that come on a regular basis anyway. Yeah, sure, it's just an um, excuse to come, right? Yeah, but yes. everyone's, everyone's making... A special effort yes, to come to that yeah. one, and of course, they would. I mean, why not? Um, but yeah, anyway, well, let's get that. back yeah, yeah, no. to reality yeah. before
0: we get to Oxford beating Man City in the cup, which would be pretty sweet. Uh, let's talk about what happened on the field today. Well, so,
1: so I um, mean, before, before, uh, when we were last on the podcast, we were talking all positively because we'd uh, we just drawn with Sunderland, we'd just yeah. beaten Burton Albion 3 yeah. 1, and and everything was all kind of really positive and, and upbeat today.
0: And, roles have reversed somewhat,
1: well, everything's gone shit, so yeah. we, we, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, we lost. We lost to Coventry at home following that that podcast, and then we went to Wickham. Drew nil nil. Should have beaten them by all accounts. I wasn't able to go because I didn't buy my ticket in time.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but we're apparently amazing. But just still couldn't manage to fucking score. And then Walsall today. Okay, so um, we were. We spent the kind of first like fifteen to twenty minutes of that game, both sides basically failing to keep hold of possession for any longer than about thirty seconds. And right. something that I've noticed so far in, uh, under 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 Carl Robinson is that we're actually pretty good at winning possession back. But we're fucking shitty keeping it, um, because whenever we pick up the ball in midfield, our first our first thought is to spring forward with one of our attacking three midfielders. Yeah, and so we have this we have this tendency to um, to try things very early on once we've got possession, which means we lose possession quite quickly and quite cheaply. It's very different to how it was under Pep um, Clotet. We lost possession a lot just through stupidity or trying complicated things whereas this is us just going the second we get the ball we look forward to try and move forward um which in of itself is a you know an honourable target, I guess. But the trouble is, is that we're just too quick at all that stuff, and we we're yeah. not we're not spending time to get a bit of foot on the ball, to get a bit of possession, to try and dictate some pace. In yeah, the it's all or nothing, match. basically. It's all yeah. or nothing. Um, so in, in, we end up with this situation now where we're, we're we're getting the ball forward quite a lot. We do get, we occasionally get it in the penalty area, but we're not creating much. Um and I think, and I spoke about this a while back about one of the benefits of the way we play with kind of a uh a lone striker who's almost a bit of a decoy yeah um in these kind of rampaging yeah we were getting three. very excited about this, about and, this yeah, formation and, and these rampaging three uh, attacking midfielders, but one of the things I said, the trouble is it's quite easy to counter and if and if if clubs have done their homework they will know how to how to counter it. And Warsaw yeah. to their credit, they weren't a particularly spectacular side, but they were very organised at the back. And they knew where all our threats were, and they knew that our threats were coming from deep, from those three players, so they just made sure they had the right players in the right position to nullify that threat. Looking, they always looking at, had bodies behind the ball.
0: Looking at the stats from the game, though, Oxford bossed the, bossed the game to
1: quite an extent. I mean, I don't, I don't With think possession and shots yeah, and, and I everything. I mean, I, d- I don't think that that's not how the game went. I mean, yeah. we. I think we 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 created more than they did in terms of kind of in attacking intent, if you like. Um, but we didn't do any. We didn't do enough in creating actual, real, legitimate opportunities. I think their goalkeeper mm. actually only made one actual save, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, they, they were technical shots. Yeah, we had lots of shots, or shots off target, shots that went, you know, kind of, um, you know, again, straight into the goalkeeper and stuff. But he made one sort of actual really good save Um, but so it, it, the biggest problem we've got at the moment is this kind of this lone striker who's a decoy because because if it's not firing with those other three the three attacking play the three attacking yeah. midfielders, you, you need you still need somebody who's going to be able to score a fucking goal. Yeah. And in and, in and, and Sam Smith he had a, he had an okay. So game. Sam Smith started today. So he though. started today. Um he he, he
0: And but, Ricky Holmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. So
1: we've got lots of really talented players yeah, on the pitch, yeah. no doubt about it. But um but but Sam Smith started and he and that's, that position's not working for him. He's spending half of his time 15, 20 yards out from goal with his back to goal, yeah. looking at these on-rushing, kind of three attacking midfielders. Um no, no, whoever we have in that striking role isn't isn't able to form a partnership with the the kind of middle of the attacking players who ought to be playing as like a number ten. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that player ought to be playing in a partnership yeah. of sorts, like a like a Heskey Owen partnership yes. yeah, yeah, with yeah. the striker. But rather than that, they're playing is a is a trio with the other with the two wide players, and this is why we're not actually creating mm. opportunities in the middle in the middle of the park and in the penalty area. When you watch.
0: Uh... When you watch certainly lower league football and you and you focus on the strikers, and there's one, one thing that's really good about watching football in the flesh is that you can very much focus on on one player. And I always find these periods of games, I'm just gonna watch how it goes for this guy. And when you watch, especially in a in a one-man strike force, however that's set up with maybe two behind him or three or whatever. It's a lonely job, isn't it, Yeah, being that one man? And it, it's also, it's not like, they're always seen as being the fancy players because they get their name on the score sheet. But it's a very unfashionable job. And when you watch sometimes, you think, shit, that guy's ploughing a lone furrow up there. And when he doesn't have that partner, when he doesn't have somebody close to work with, to work off, it's just, a lot of it is is just wasted effort, you know? And especially when the team doesn't understand how that play is going to work? They hit it up to him. He doesn't control it, and they get frustrated. And it's like, guys, give me something. And, and give I, me something. And
1: I think that's kind of part of the problem. Now, it, historically, um, under four, uh, under other managers, we've ended up in a situation where the lone striker is is just hideously isolated. He's yeah. the only person. He's the only person in a yellow shirt within a space of about fifty yards. Um, it's a little bit different now because we do have bodies forward. But part of the problem is that and. We we we've got some really really talented footballers in in that group, uh, Ricky Holmes um, and, um, uh, and and Gavin White and Marcus Brown who was injured today. Yeah. Those in the, those wide positions, all three of those can really create things just out of nothing. They are supremely talented footballers, but the trouble is they're quite individualistic. But necessarily because that's their game and that's okay if you've got somebody as a winger or as a kind of a rangy kind of yeah, like yeah, free yeah. roll or something like that. Yeah. But it's inherent to our entire system that we are effectively relying almost entirely on two players, you know, on the pitch at any one time, whose, whose entire game is kind of an individual Create things for myself again, which is again another reason why we're not creating opportunities. But, yeah,
0: and I think when you do rely on players creating stuff for themselves, they have to be supremely good. They have to be on another level. And, you and know. do
1: you know what? I th- I kind of think I think those those guys are good enough. But again, the problem is, is it's too easy to nullify yeah. because you just need yeah. to have identified, then done your drills with your defense, get the right defenders in the right place at the right time, and it's just so easy. It's so easy to nullify. Um, and then you're exp- you're just kind of relying on. The the odd little thing happening here and there, the odd piece of magic that just comes off. You can't rely on the odd piece of magic. You need to have set ways of scoring scoring goals you need to have things that you know that you are very likely to score from we don't seem to have that kind of this is how we will score our goals yes you know look back to the world cup with england you know they knew they didn't have the talent to do it through through open play football so they 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 played set their entire game up to do it via via um set pieces and stuff and and look how effective it was um but the thing, one of the, but the things that frustrated me more than anything else, so um, and and there's there's so much to talk about about that formation and then how it's not changed and when he makes substitute, Robinson makes substitutions, he just makes like for like substitutions. He doesn't mix things up. He doesn't. Chop but things let's get. But let's
0: just go back in time a couple of weeks, and a lot of this stuff was working, and, and you were feeling positive. So is it is it just a case that you've had a couple of bad results and it's frustrating? Or is there really something going wrong? Because, like you said, it could just be a little bit of bad form, and the system itself is not flawed.
1: No, uh, the, to a point, I, I, I don't think this, the the problem we've the problem we've Sorry. got is that we are making the same mistakes again and again and again. Mm. And after the last couple of weeks, we were looking, we were looking and feeling positive and thinking, well, actually, you know, that look, this system can work. We've we've shown that this system can work. Um, and then I made that. I was very clear about that caveat. As long as, as long as club, you know, opposition don't nullify it too much, yeah. and they don't, they don't read it. We they, they don't, we don't become too much of an open book. and it's too easy for them. Well, that's to... when when
0: we were watching the the Stanley game. The, the times where they didn't press and they gave you space, there was Oxford could do anything they wanted, pretty much. Yeah, but but. Uh, but but that... as soon as they did put the pressure on
1: and that's it and, that's, gone. and that in one game was the an exact demonstration of the difference is the fact that Accrington Stanley in the first half of that football match they they gave us so much time and space they didn't know how to nullify us so we fucking walked all over them yeah. and then second half they kind of figured it out a little bit and then we started getting panicky so 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 we're, we're too easy we're too, too easy to set up against we're yeah. too easy to counter um and and I hope I'm wrong, and I really hope I'm wrong, but I think the last couple of games so far are looking like the blip rather than this, because right, because okay. there's a common theme through a lot of this. So do you think Have, that
0: that needs a formation change to get past that, or do you think that, that there's a personnel thing in midfield that maybe if the if the defensive midfielders, like Brannigan or whatever, if they could perform better in those roles, that that might... Keep the game ticking over a bit more.
1: I think there's there's enough talent on the pitch. There's enough talent in the squad. I mean, we're also down to bare bones. Yeah, Brannigan didn't play either. No, no, because he, so. you know, he got a fucking horrendous injury against oh, so against right. Wickham and ended up taking taken to hospital during the during the game. Um, he's fine now, but um, but I mean, I say he's fine now. He's going to be a few he's weeks. Out, yeah. He's a few weeks back before he comes back. But um, but the um. But yeah, so we've we've got talent, we've got talent. now, but we're not adaptable, you know. Yeah, and, sure. And Carl um, um, Robinson said, you know, plan Plan B is do Plan A right. Um, but but <laughs> that, that 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 is that is special. And it, but the thing is, the thing is, we were talking about this today, and Rosie <laughs> said this is exactly what Michael Appleton said. Right. But the, the trouble is, is his plan A was fucking good.
0: Yeah. Um. That's still not an answer.
1: Um. But <laughs> That's still not an answer. But but the thing is, is that is that is that, and also actually, uh, Michael Appleton was talking about a style of play. Yes. Um. Okay. He did have other ways of playing football matches. Yeah. He made changes where necessary substitutions weren't his strength particularly but he he was able to to change tweak the system a little bit here and there to, to dependent on the opposition or depending on how a game was going Carl robinson has a very set mindset and do you know what after after two three months it might finally fall into a groove and actually it might work and it might turn around and we we start playing really really well there's enough talent on that football pitch but that, mm. that that is. Entirely plausible, and it's why I'm not I'm not here like jumping from the rooftop saying he should be sacked or anything. That's sure. fucking nonsense. Of course he shouldn't. It's far too early, and there's enough there to think that there is a possibility that we can turn this round. Um, but at the moment, we are not performing anywhere close to as well as we should be, given the talent that we've got on the football pitch. There, the thing that the thing that I want to talk about the most though, in and. There's not a lot to say here but I want to get it off my chest is yes, that is totally. Walsall's first goal okay now everybody in the crowd was fucking up in arms. It was offside. It was offside. It was offside. Um, it didn't look offside to me at the time, live anyway. And we were right. Was it down, down your end? We were right down the line. Yeah. yeah okay. um, and actually, the person was playing offside was a fullback on the other side of the fucking pitch, which yeah. is a frustration in of its own right. Yes. That's neither here nor there, though. The fact that the ball went through, like, kind of like we had a cluster of players on the near side, basically, um, and, and the ball got uh, played through the. Th- through them uh, to this little attacker who went went running through, and three of our defenders stopped. Well, they didn't stop, but they kind of kind of stopped. Oh, they checked that's frustrating. back, just Hands start waving like yeah. for offside, and and he, and it wasn't given because he was onside. Yeah. Um, and then he ran through um, and scored, and like that's f- so yeah. fucking basic. Yeah. It's so fucking And honestly, I. I Things don't often make me really angry <laughs> at football matches, but I'm so angry at those individual players for for, for doing that. It's hard it's- to watch
0: sometimes when you see those fundamental mistakes being played, especially as, you know, you think... Uh- Oxford United is a big club with a big, you know, a big coaching staff in behind. You know those defenders are being drilled. They should be prepared for all those scenarios and and react accordingly. And when you don't see that with players playing thousands and thousands of pounds a week, you're like. That is, like, the basics of your job. It's like you uh, putting the whole company on BCC to an email that you're not supposed to.
1: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> is the it's thing, a fundamental it, effort. Just don't do it. It's what And it's what you're, it's what you're fucking taught is a child <laughs> playing football. Yeah. It, play it really to is. the whistle. And it's just... Uh, that really... I mean, it really, really pissed me off. Um, I just want to talk a little bit. Another. There's another big discussion going on today. Um, well, before we get on to that... Yeah. Because... That's a non-footballing issue, so we're yeah. going to talk
0: about that in our in our wrap up. We're okay, gonna, fine. What I'll do is I want to talk about, I'll finish off the fixtures,
1: so we'll talk about Reading,
0: then we All can right. come back and ha- get into a bit of a discussion. So just
1: just to trail this to any Oxford fans yes. listening, st- stay tuned to the end because I want to get into this whole Sam Stadium stuff. Yes, and we will come back to that. But first, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and talk about <laughs>
0: Reading's first home victory of the season. We'll be right back. Aye, that worldly podcast is great. Um, Where's my money? Thanks, Steve. Um, Righty-ho. Well, as things are going badly at Oxford United, things were going badly for Reading when we were last uh, chatting on the podcast, and it has turned around... In quite spectacular fashion, with a 3-0 comfortable home victory for the Royals. 3-0. Three
1: goals were scored in the correct net. Uh, against somebody's shit, presumably. Against, against
0: Hull. They're not great, but uh, I didn't really see this coming. So we had we had a midweek game. Uh, I've forgotten who we were playing, Norwich City. Okay. And uh, we started that game reasonably well, uh, but conceded a goal and then pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to get an equaliser. And we actually started to look like a team that could win a game. We pushed and pushed and pushed, pressure doing all the right things, and we got the equaliser. And it was like, fuck, this has actually worked. And at that moment, the crowd swelled up and you were like, yes. The crowd are behind the team for the first time this season. They they think we can do something. And then we conceded a goal 10 seconds later and lost <laughs> <too>. uh, <laughs> And it was... It was thoroughly oh, awful. And we were talking earlier about how um, little tiny things have a huge... Little microscopic things have a macro effect on the, on the minds and the psychology yeah. of the fans, yeah. right? And when that happened, it was like, Well, fuck you. You know, we're putting everything into this yeah. as well. And fuck you. Ten seconds oh, at That's out of heartbreaking.
1: Town. There's one of the things that I quite like about this, the kind of the setup of our little podcast here, that it's 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 Reading and Oxford, because that could so easily I mean, that's such an Oxford United <laughs> thing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as the fans
0: might like to think we're all so different, we're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not really, are we? Um, and yeah, so that that was brutal. It was a brutal match that. Because it was just so hard to take that we seemed to be doing everything right, but then threw it all away. Yeah. Um, lack of concentration, individual mistakes and everything else. So we arrived with the game on Saturday. We had two home games back-to-back, um, which is always exciting because you're thinking, right, we can rack up some points with some home
1: games. Well, we, <laughs> we, we don't think that. No. <laughs> uh,
0: and so we approached Hull uh, on Saturday and the team sheet came out and I was quite interested because it was a slightly different lineup. Um, okay. Chris Gunter, who was wildly pasted on social media after a terrible performance against Norwich... Um, he was lambasted for basically walking back into the team because he's a bit of a Reading lifer, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, right, he's back from injury, get him in the side. Well, he was poor. Um, Andy Yadam, who, is, who should be our number one right back, is constantly pushed into left because he, the manager trusts him at left back and wants to fill the right back role with someone else. And today he filled that with Thiago Elori, who moved over from centre-back. And in order f- to fill the centre-back space, we played John O'Shea.
1: Ninety old minutes of, of old man
0: John. Uh, he had a great, he had a great game. At one point, he got some kind of facial injury, and the the uh, the, the, the the physio stuffed a kind of giant watch of white material into his mouth. And he was just walking around like a duck with this enormous
1: white beak sticking out of his i tell his you mouth. what, it was no, there's, fantastic. There's nothing funnier than an old man losing his dignity, is there?
0: <laughs> it was amazing. He, he's become a cult hero within like five, six games just because it's John O'Shea. Brilliant. But to be fair, he had an excellent game. He did get sent off, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but Reading came out, they scored an early goal from a set piece... They looked like a completely different team, snappier into every tackle. It looked like somebody had said something that made them realise what they were supposed to be doing Yeah, because all of a sudden they were doing all the things they were supposed to do. Um, They were playing with um, Josh Sims, the guy on loan from Southampton, and Sam Baldock, uh, kind of as wide inside forwards, with John Daddy up front on his own.
1: I uh, see that that's that's the magic ingredient there right go. there. The John, John Daddy. Daddy
0: back in the back in the fold. <laughs> fucking love John Daddy. Yeah, uh, he won headers as well. It was amazing. <laughs> he did oh, it. He hell. did it all. Uh, and a slightly changed midfield where we brought in this new lad who we've got on loan from Rostov. The big Iranian, okay, Ezzatollahi, okay, he was fucking brilliant. Okay,
1: so where he was in the middle, right in the middle, was he,
0: he was in the kind of defensive playmaker right. role, okay, right. replacing all the other list of fucking players that yeah. we tried in that role, and that meant Bakuna, who who you've seen, who looks like a more technical player than yeah, yeah, pretty much ace. everyone in the team, he got to go a little bit forward, and cool. then Liam Kelly was the spare creative attacking okay. player, okay. and in this formation, oh my god, seeing this guy Ezzatollahi, it's like. Where has this been? <laughs> the defenders, and especially when you had John O'Shea, knows how to pass a ball, right? He was uh, he's like, he's like, there's a guy there. He's always dropping deep. He's getting in that space. He's then receiving the ball, turning, looking for you to pass to, and doing the job that that person should be doing and to see that was like fucking hell fantastic finally we've got a route forward that isn't just giving it to the fullbacks you yeah know? sure there's some way we can start controlling the game and moving the ball and he, he made a few mistakes but he was trying to pass the ball forward and he just looked like a class act I thought it was fantastic and so seeing that in the first 10 minutes and getting an early goal it's like bloody hell this is a bit different from what we've been seeing for the last few weeks
1: the, the early goal was Sam Baldock wasn't it yes just from a corner yeah. One of the things that we were talking about uh, in the last episode, I think it was, is just that kind of where where are Reading's goals going to start coming from? So, what's in that case? What was different about about the game today?
0: So, I think playing playing John Daddy as a full as a as a big man basically, and then having Baldock, who's ostensibly he was on the left wing, but he was basically playing as a inside forward, coming in every time. He was able to feed off him and get into the right places at the right time. So that corner came in, John Daddy with the head, the keeper made a good safe and Baldock was Johnny on the spot to knock it in. Uh and it looked it looked much better. And Baldock can work very hard. So he's actually doing two jobs there. He's playing as a striker and as a left winger, basically. Yeah, okay. You know? And that worked really, really well. But the work effort was huge as well because Baldock was dropping back in and acting as a sort of auxiliary midfielder on defence when he had to.
1: Talented family. His brother George is a fucking dynamite. (laughs) There you go. Yeah,
0: Yeah, they're doing all right. So I'm really glad as well because he was like a big purchase and it's good to see him coming good. And the team were fired up. You can see when they scored that early goal, the team were fired up. And um, they went on and we, we, we bossed the game from start to finish. Hull got a couple of disallowed goals. They were offsides that were given offside, and then the player tucks it in. But the fans were so far away yeah, that they were yeah. celebrating on every single, every single one. And I think in the end they had a total of three goals, <laughs> well, three
1: balls in the net not given for offsides, which must have been a little bit painful. That actually happened in the in the Oxford game uh, last week, uh, last weekend. They they scored. Well, they felt like they scored. It was um, it was what's this. Fucking gigantic man, whose name is temporary. yeah, Andy Akin yeah. Um, He scored. He came on with like ten minutes ago, and he uh, he scored like with a free like second touch of the game, basically yeah. from a free kick. Um, but it was given as offside. It was difficult to tell whether it was or not. But um, he. But, but it was one of those ones where they went off and they were celebrating. They they were up over it and they were in with the fans and they were celebrating. <laughs> and, over, and like the whole thing, was, just, they were just like there for ages and ages and ages and ages <laughs> oh, and ages. No. And ages and all this little glee because they would last minute of the yeah, game and they'd yeah, yeah. won the game. And they hadn't realised. So it was a, Ref, that was a massive... Got his arm yeah, up. yeah. Oh, but the, fr- brutal. The, the frustrating thing was is Oxford actually wanted to restart the game really quickly. Right. And they'd say, well, fucking well, we want to get because it was nil-nil. Yeah, so yeah, we let's get, get cracking. So it's this, their business if they want to fuck around over there in the <laughs> yeah. corner flag. But the ref wouldn't let him take it quickly. Oh,
0: man. Well, we, we pushed on and um, we got two more goals. Uh, John Dabby scoring. And then right at the end when things were stretched, Andy Yadam got himself goals. It was great because he's been one of our best, one of our shining lights of the season. So, and you can see it was the second goal that did it for me. I never tend to celebrate the first goal. First goal was good. Two 0 is when I'll fucking celebrate, yeah. and you could tell the stadium went bananas. Clement went bananas because he was thinking, "Fuck, we might actually win again yeah. for once." <laughs> uh, and and yeah, we ran down the clock reasonably professionally. Towards the end, um, uh, they were pushing up, and uh, the whole striker got set free, and and poor old poor old John. Was looking a little bit slow.
1: Yeah, his legs aren't what they used to be. And to be fair, he was never the nippiest, Was that's he? that's <laughs> right?
0: And he lunged in, and it was a it was a dog so It was a classic dog so Nice. Uh, off he went down the tunnel, but he got a rousing uh, applause on the way off.
1: To to be fair, to be fair, that that man could just walk on. Yeah. Like, like, start the game fart for two minutes and then get <laughs> substituted off and the Reading fans are still giving him a massive clap
0: off. Yeah, they love him. I don't know why, but I quite—I really like it now. It's a sort of weird... It's a weird obsession. But no, he had a very good game. Uh, did get sent off, but this was like 87th minute at sure. 3-0 or something. So all in all, and this was the first time in the pouring rain, right, the fans stayed in the shitting down rain to clap the players off the field. It's the first time I think it's happened this season. Yeah, um, And they deserved it and it was... It it really felt like a turning point. So, finally, yeah. Well, let's a sigh of relief.
1: Let's just let's hope for your sake that that is the case and that <laughs> isn't just like Oxford beating Burton comfortably at home a few yes. weeks ago because that felt like a turning point And look at the fucking state of us the now.
0: No, there's a lot of games to go. There's a lot no, of turning it's... points to be to be turned on. <laughs> some
1: some somebody some frustrated bloke on the phone in the radio, the radio phone phoning afterwards said that it's like this 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 game is full of. This, this season's full of bloody corners for us to turn. <laughs> We've already had about 10 different corners to turn so far. Well, that's it. After, when
0: you've got 46 fucking games, there's rather a lot to get through. Yep. Right then, we will have one more tiny little break, and then we're going to be back to talk about some goings-on at the Kassam Stadium. Okay, you keep trying and trying and trying to get me to listen to this podcast. I, I, you, you get some respect, okay? Respect. Andy, so apart from uh, the result today, uh, there was other news going around the Kassam.
1: Yeah, so um, the club held a fans forum before the game, which is something they do once or twice a season. They'd already done one this season. Who's w- invited to that? So it's all fans are, are, are able to okay. go. So, um, And it's various important people, depending on who's available or whatever will host this thing so this one was actually kind of thrown together quite relatively last minute they didn't make a big fanfare of it but it was thrown together relatively last minute and, and i don't know if that the timing of it is significant or not but um so it was it was um Karl robinson yeah. Um, Sumrit Tanagan Janasut Oh uh, I remember that guy A.K.A. Tiger Yeah um, And it was a, a chap called Niall McWilliams Who I think is Like MD Or something anyway He's okay. got a kind of Leading kind of Operational role anyway In the, the, the club Um, And it was the three of them And a whole bunch of fans Asking questions So they did a bit of Pre-chat and stuff But Kind of the core thing that came out, apart from just talking about how shit we are and all of that stuff, uh, (laughs) one of the core things that that came out of this, and this is quite early on, so it it was clear clear this is one of the things that they wanted to talk about, Mm. um, is that they have effectively, the club has effectively announced, basically, that they are looking um, to move away from the Kassam Stadium. Now, we have talked over the years basically the best part of fifteen years. We've been been there now seventeen years. Yeah. Um so apart from the first couple of years when 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 Kassam was our chairman, um we've basically been looking to to move away from there or buy yeah. the stadium or yeah. change change the situation that we've got going it on. There's been
0: a dark cloud hanging over The Oxford United fans and club for quite a long time.
1: We, I mean, we, 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 until recently, were paying half a million quid a year in rent. Uh, We got very little. We initially got absolutely zero of the advertising revenue from the advertising hoardings and stuff around the stadium. Got absolutely nothing from the concession stands. Um, Little thing, little parts of that have changed over the years. Um, and I understand that now on the 6th of December that we're actually going to start getting all of the money from the concession nice. stands and stuff. But nevertheless, we uh, the rent has now apparently gone up to a million pounds or it was just shy of a million pounds a year. Right. I don't know if that's been one big jump or it's been gradually edging up. But there's been, but the club, were in, in, and I, I sort of knew about this from from some people I know around the club, but the club has now come out this and said this publicly now that there is they are in a base, basically a bunch of disputes with the stadium company uh, the club are not allowed play, the, nobody from the club is allowed in before midday yeah you were telling me about this is ridiculous and um, um, what's actually come out is that the away team are allowed in at 10.30 in the no. morning but Oxford United are not allowed in until midday because of the terms of the actual Get lease the licence agreement which is Get fucking out. ridiculous on um, on on week on weekdays so employees of the club are allowed in I think half eight to half five right not a minute before not a minute after so you can't get some a bit of work finished or whatever yeah. stuff like that so he's basically playing you know playing to rule basically mm. um on this license agreement um and obviously the club are fucking furious about this they're, i mean it's basically hampering the, the 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 effectiveness of the club being able to operate absolutely and work. Yeah. um so they're furious about this but they, they they're also now looking ahead right so um there are seven years remaining on the, the license agreement with, with with the stadium, the, the contract, the lease agreement that we've, we've signed with Kassam. There's seven years left on that. And they are looking at, they have now talked about, there are five options, basically, um, that they're thinking of, There are five options for what we can do in the future in terms of our stadium. Now, initially, when I, I heard that, I thought they were talking about that there are five options, one of which is stay renting at the Kassam, one of yeah. which is... Um, By the Kassam and then some other options about how, what we could do for moving out. But actually staying at the Kassam stadium isn't one of those five options. They they said that's a hypothetical sixth option, but they are focused very much on five different options. Um, in seven years I mean realistically I mean you would if, if they don't have the land identified or whatever already they'd have to identify land which is at yeah. a fucking premium around Oxford and sure. Oxfordshire because it's all basically any land that's available they want to sell for housing because you get a shit ton more money for it
0: yeah or it's owned by the university
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean most of it is owned by the university and is still being sold for land <laughs> yeah. like half the half the land around Didcot is owned actually by Reading University and they're still yeah. building massive houses well if, on it. you never know
0: if Brexit happens and BMW
1: moves a million garage out you might have a massive fucking <laughs> yeah, well, space true. for a
0: stadium
1: um but yeah so they um so yeah so you gotta find the land um you've then got to do a deal with the landowner you've then got to have planning permission you've got to draw up the idea when you've got to draw up what you want to want from a stadium yeah, you've sure. got to then you know get planning permission all of the all of the and you've got to get the licensing and all the legal agreements and all of that stuff now that's more than seven years work i mean yeah, pretty much yeah, off yeah. the bat anyway so there's lots of talk about what do, what do we what do we do now? So what so if we start working working on working on the basis that we're not going to be in the Kasam Stadium medium to long term, yeah. do we just let the the seven years lease expire and then fuck off? So now, now, there's in the
0: meantime building a new stadium. But yeah. in the
1: in the meantime, working on the project yeah. to get Oxford United. Twenty twenty five will we'll have a new, yeah, we'll yeah. Be a new stadium. Yeah, you, But you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna do that in seven years. I don't think unless they've done a significant amount of work on it already, which they may have done. So one of the to- one of the, the things that's being bandied around is ground sharing. Right. And obviously, Reading, Wickham... M.K. Don's, obviously not switch. That would be easier for the podcast. <laughs> it really would, wouldn't it? Um, so, so, yeah, so all of these grounds. And actually, interestingly enough as well, Oxford City's been mentioned. Now, oh, Oxford really? C- Oxford City's got a capacity, I think, of 5,000. Um, right. But it's like one tiny little stand that can fit about 200 people in it. Mm. Um and everything's just everything else is just standing in one little covered shed behind one goal. But they would have to put some temporary seating. Yes, and stuff yeah, like they'd that have to put there. something in. there. Yeah. And also, it's a 3G artificial pitch, so they'd have to oh, they'd okay. have to tear that up and lay a proper pitch yeah, down again. Yeah. They've got massive issues with drainage there at Court, court Place okay, Farm, which is why their pitch is always shit. Um, which is why they put a 3G one in. So there's all of these things bouncing around, all these ideas, mm. um, and it's the, the the thing is, is that. It's quite exciting. Yeah. Because there's one guy on the radio saying, oh, no, we shouldn't. This feels like pie in the sky. It can't happen. I can't see any of this stuff happening and stuff. This is now the time to do it. Yeah. Because we've got seven years left on the lease. actually realistic. We probably should have started a couple of years ago. And and maybe they did. I don't know. But um, this is the opportunity to do something because... And and I'm not breaking cover here or anything, but we're not on the record. I fucking hate that place. <laughs> I now it it part of it feels a bit oxygenated-y because we're used to things being shit, right? Because we get the shit end yeah. of the stick all the time, so it's kind of. That part of it makes it feel a little bit like home. And we have had some good times there. Sure. But in the 17 years we've been there, it's mostly been shit. With I think a couple of seasons which were a little ray of light. From from my point of view, part of the problem
0: with the Kassam is that it began with hope. That's one of the reasons mm-hmm. it's so frustrating, because it began with a new era. This is this is, you know, this guy's gonna bring some money in and things are gonna change, and we're gonna grow. And so always a, it's always like in the back of your mind that this could have been something good and it never really came to fruition. Well,
1: you know. I mean, yeah, that, that that's kind of starting a little bit way down the stadium's life. Now actually the stadium began about 4 or 5 years prior to that um with a previous chairman who who wanted this kind of big new era because yeah. we you know we've outgrown the Manor Ground. So we want this big new era. So they actually started building that stadium, ran out of money halfway through and it was left half built for about 3 years. The club because the club didn't have any money, was racking yeah. up massive debts, couldn't afford to pay their construction company. So it just sat sat there as an empty shell. Sam actually came in and then bought the club for a quid and all of its assets, right. flogged off the manor ground, built a fucking great big hospital there, built a stadium on the cheap, pocketed the rest of the change and separated club from from, yes. from stadium yeah, yeah. and yeah. then just lined his own pockets with rent every single year. Yeah. So like, so... so the inception of that stadium, yes, was all of those things. It was that time to, to... But right from the word go, right from the word go, the whole thing was just mm. cursed. Yeah. yeah. Um, to the point where they actually even got the Bishop of Oxford to come in and do an exorcism. Because, <laughs> no bec- way. Because, because we did we kept losing Tuesday night games and they no thought there was way. a gypsy curse because they had to move some gypsies off the... <laughs> fucking... Honestly... That is amazing. Hon- honestly, the, the whole... St- everything about that stadium wow. is poison um ah. it, you know we've had we've have had some great times there but those those great times have been in spite of the stadium yes. not because of the stadium i'm excited
0: um, about a new era with a san zero giuseppe miazza <laughs> style sharing of the Stad. Um, are you going to come up with another there'd have to be another name for it there, it would have yeah. to be like that at the san zero um, where each team calls it something totally different.
1: They probably well, yeah. Although to be fair, when you had we had Wimbledon and Crystal Palace both in That's Sellers true. Park, it that was just true. still Sellers Park, wasn't it? Yeah, it's still Sellers Park. Um, we
0: we've, we'd end up with during rugby season, then there'd be three teams yeah. playing at the, at, at the Mideski, so That might be a problem. Yeah, probably would. So yeah, so it's those, exciting those... though, like you say. I think it's good. You need to encourage change, and and I I, I don't think you are going to be on your own. Uh, saying that you're not happy at the Kasam, you know.
1: Oh, no, no, nobody likes it. I mean, I think the tr- the trouble is now, and I'm I'm t- I'm talking of somebody who predates the Kasam Stadium. Actually, having said that. The vast majority when I started going to Oxford on a regular basis was the first season of the Kassam Stadium. Right. But I'd been to the Manor enough times that you know yeah. that I remember it fondly and well. Um, but there are there is a whole there is a whole generation of, of people not even kids, but you know, like people in their 20s and stuff who have only ever known the Kassam Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess to a lot of those guys, it will feel like home. So we, you know, like old, the older generation like myself, we shouldn't be too quick to dismiss what those people think. Yes. Because yeah, um, yeah. it will feel... But at the same time... It is objectively shit. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah. even if you built the yeah. fourth stand, you still got the gaping, gray yeah, big the four corners the side. and stuff yeah. like that. It still like, looks
0: like a stadium from a different era now, doesn't it, it?
1: It does, and it's and it was built on the cheap. It was, yeah. it, it it had all the original, the original plans and, and the stuff of it were amazing. Like they, like above the the Oxford Mail stand, the, the the East stand behind the goal, yeah, um, there was meant to be this kind of like um, there was going to be there's like the whole back bit where they put the flags up. It was going to be glass. And there was going to be like a bar and like Terrace Bar stuff up there and stuff. Loads of really cool, fancy stuff was going to happen in there, but it was all built on the cheap. So it's just a bunch of breeze blocks with some seats bolted to the front of it. So... The the very and, then I, and, and to be fair, Niall McWilliams, the MD guy, was was trying to make a, a a big point of saying I don't want to put false hope in, but I want people to know that we are looking yes. at yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. But it, it's failed because I've got fucking false <laughs> hope now. I would I just, I would just I would just lo- I would just fucking love to be in a situation where in seven years' time we walk away. We get and I don't I, I don't I don't mind too. It would be wonderful if it could actually be in the heart of the city. That's yeah. never gonna happen. Sure, never ever yeah. ever ever gonna happen. So if it was done. Done and set up on a little out of towny kind of place that's objectively better than the shithole that is that crappy, half badly designed, badly built entertainment complex yes. at the Kassam. Yeah. Yeah, a nice, a nice little thing that was kind of set up with a little bit of infrastructure for supporters that, that was that was built by the club for the club yes. and given to the club um, that could feel like it was the club's home. Yeah. Would would I, I? That's all I really want, you know. Like, the stuff will happen on the pitch and off the pitch. You'll have good seasons and bad seasons. They'll come and go. They'll come and go. But to be able to go to a stadium that you actually feel like is the home of your football club would be a wonderful, wonderful thing.
0: Well, let's hope that something comes out of that, at least a little bit of hope, uh, after a disappointing day uh, for the Oxford United fans. We would love if you would get onto our Twitter and talk to us about this, because I think it's going to run and run and run. So you can find us at WeldyPod uh, on Twitter. Uh, and I think that brings us to a close. It's been quite a day uh, for both of us. And now I'm going to relax, and I'm going on holiday. <laughs> oh, lovely. Lucky I you. Uh, yeah, and then we'll be back as, as we as we continue on this very long journey through the Football League. So... Andy, I'm going to ask you to say goodbye. Yeah,
1: cheerio, everybody. And it's
0: goodbye from me. Catch us on Pod on Instagram and Twitter and email us at at worldypod.gmail.com and all that stuff. And we will catch you next time on Worldy. You look like you're going to say I something. I was going to say something. I can't be
1: bothered. <laughs> I was going to say something sarcastic, but I thought I'm not. I won't.